That breathtaking song was from Neshama Karlbach's latest album, Believe. Neshamba is a beautiful guiding light in this world. She's an award-winning singer, songwriter, and educator. For her Believe album, she was nominated four times and won for Adult Contemporary Music in the Independent Music Awards, as well as winning for Outstanding Performance by Female Vocalist in the Global Music Awards Silver Award. Neshama has released 10 albums and has sold over 1 million records. She's one of the creators of the Broadway musical Soul Doctor. And to make her even cooler, in November 2016, she was inducted into the Brooklyn Hall of Fame, where she received a certificate of congressional recognition for her work. In addition, and something I particularly love, Neshama sparked public conversation about the place of women in Judaism and the importance of religious pluralism as she collaborates with musicians of different faiths. Neshama is also the daughter of Shlomo Karlbach, a man both widely celebrated and shunned in the Jewish world. Reb Shlomo, as he was called by his followers, is considered by many to be the foremost Jewish religious songwriter of the 20th century. Through his charismatic storytelling, unconventional spiritual approach, and lively songs, he inspired thousands of Jews to desire to live a spiritual and Jewish life. But Shlomo was also accused by many people of sexual abuse, accusations that were heard and addressed mostly after his death in 1994. And many Jewish communities, particularly after the Me Too movement, wrestle over whether to use his music that he created at all. Neshama untangles herself from the complicated life and legacy of her father. She sits rooted in her deep values, purpose, and voice, looking out with piercing honesty at the hypocrisy that surrounds her. She shares insights into a world that, in the pursuit to idolize her father, pushed her aside. She shares about both the greatness and the brokenness of Shlomo, and about the way she's using her life to love with boundaries and attention in a way he never could. And she blows me away with her 4.30 a.m. daily routine as a way to make herself and her children her top priority. Most exciting of all, Neshama shares her latest project, which is to be sure to illuminate our eyes and to change countless people's lives. Neshama, thank you for being here. We are so in need of your life and spirit in this world. All right, so thank you so much, Neshama, for coming and being on this podcast. And I want to say that I'm a fan of yours. Thank you. I'm a fan of Elad. I'm a fan of the strength that you both have and carry and feel very inspired by who you are. So it is, it's definitely very mutual. And Thank um, you. we all need each other. Our journeys, our journeys complement each other. And we are in the world at the same time to lift each other because we all have these experiences together. This is, this is life, right? I feel very philosophical yeah. about life these days in this, you know, pre, um, I don't want to say we're in the COVID era because I'm really hoping it's behind us, but it's in the pre-healed era where mm. we're still dealing with, um, it's not, we're not back. We, we sense that life, please God will come back, but it's not, I'm, I don't know how you feel, but I don't feel like we're completely mm-hmm. normal again. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll never be normal again. Maybe this is just, you know, this is just it, but I feel mm. very philosophical about, um, our journeys and, why are we alive at this moment and what are we gaining and what are we giving to others as we reflect and marinate into this moment? And what are we, what are we here for? And what is life after all? I don't know if you've become a little bit more philosophical 
and I say this today is my father's yard site. So wow. it is a it's a holy day for us to speak. It's been twenty seven wow. years since he since he left the world. I had no idea actually that it was your father's yard site. Yes, it's such a oh my wow. goodness. You know, so it's never just the yard site. It's like a week before I was getting um, okay. people writing to me two weeks ago saying that's your father's yard site. Like, oh, I guess I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Because you know? um, people, it's a big you, deal, and they and they celebrate. Yeah. I think people slept at the kever last night in Israel. I think it's it's like wow. a big deal, or they didn't sleep. They were just they're singing all day and all night. Wow, wow. I think it's wild that um, isn't it true? And you are, you know, you are more educated than I. Isn't the yard site supposed to be for the children? Am I wrong? I have no idea, but tell me more about your thoughts on that. I just, um, it's hitting me very strongly this year that hundreds of your sites around the world, celebrations. And I mm. think when I lived in New York and, you know, finance is strange, you know, I can't be everywhere and obviously I'm not going to get on a plane. And before this moment, mm -hmm. it was pretty clear that you know, you have to travel, you have to physically show up somewhere to be mm, a part of it. Mm -hmm. But this is a new moment mm -hmm. as well. So when we are in this moment of Zoom, and when potentially it is possible for people to be everywhere, right, very quickly and without charge, right? I don't have to pay for an airplane ticket. I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need a hotel room. I was not invited to one Yortside event, not one. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Hundreds all over the world, and I was not. And wow. so I think I think that that's that's a big statement um, of that's a big statement of truth. This is what this is what it is to be a part of my father's system. Because <laughs> not only do all these people want to be entitled themselves to stand up and say Shlomo this, Shlomo this, and but. We're also, you know, I'm a woman and I'm an inappropriate woman, right? Because I've dared to speak my truth. I've sung in the world. That's already a big sin. So I've already, I mean, I was already basically rejected <laughs> before I said anything else, you know, yeah. before I made my big activism, you know, in support of women, in support of racial justice. Before I mm -hmm. even started with that, I was already kicked out um, for daring to speak. But I am definitely feeling the, the reality that, that my family of choice, my Jewish community of choice, can no longer celebrate my father in that same way. Because you can celebrate him with caveat. There is mm. too much truth. You can't just say he was, wonderful. Uh, he was wonderful and perfect and we love him and we miss him. You have to have a talk about all sides. And if you're going to have a talk about my father, it has to be within the context that makes people um, understand that it's a conversation about abuse and me too. You can't just have a yurt site. Um, and the people who do celebrate him um, have completely rejected me. And actually, I've completely rejected them, even first. So where I would want to celebrate my father, there is no healthy place for me to do that. Um, because you, I mean, I'm glad I wasn't invited. Had I been invited, I probably would have said no, but I would have said, okay, at least I'm in, I am being invited yeah. or acknowledged because the Yortzite, I believe, 
halachically is for the children. Um, but I was never, you know, it's not, it's not counted for us. So this is just my meandering. You're hearing my, my feelings on this yurt site. It's been very interesting. Um, I'm not in pain about it. I'm just, I'm watching it. I'm watching it unfold. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we could speak on his, on his yard site so that your voice about, you know, him and about you, you know, is there, you know. Thank um, you. Me too. Yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome celebrating with you. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Do you feel... Um, so do you feel like it's kind of both the, the rejection is because of number one that how much of it do you think it is because of you speaking out against um, the abuse against um, and how much of it is your voice just having uh, being a singer like um, do you think it's a mishmash of the two? I think it's a mishmash of all things. But I from yeah. the moment my father left the world, I'll backtrack when my father was in the world to placate him and to appeal to him, people would say, oh, your daughter, you know, they would say all that stuff, but really like they would kind of, they would, they would, they would show support would, in front of your father. They would compliment, they would bring me presents, yeah. but from yeah. a very young age, I knew that most likely that was false. Most of the time it was a big suck up to him. You could sense that. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. I knew from a young yeah. age, I have, I have a very, um, I don't have always the best judgment because having great mm -hmm. judgment is a new gift in my life. I have mm -hmm. better judgment now, but yeah. I can smell a fake <laughs> from 10,000 yeah. miles away. It doesn't mean that I get rid of them, I should say. But recently, yeah. it doesn't mean I was always the best at navigating how to handle that fake energy, but I knew. Mm -hmm. um, the people who wanted to show my father that they were so supportive of me or of my, you know, my sister. Um, but then it was very clear within days of his death that we were discarded. Wow. And people said in front of us, you know, like, you don't count. You don't at the Shiva. People were saying it was a Shiva that we sat in the Moshav and across the, the same room, people were sitting Shiva on the other side saying that they had more right to sit Shiva than we did. They said it to our eyes we were we weren't honored in the shiva we were i mean it was unbelievable within days because like because of you sing or like no, why I, I hadn't even started singing yet it was just oh, you know, okay. shlomo i knew him someone came up to me you only knew him for 20 years i knew him for 30 <laughs> and he loved me for longer and it's Whoa. like it's like two children in a sandbox saying, "That's my shovel. That's yeah. that's my block. That's my." I mean, it was literally like, even then, I was like, "Are you in third grade?" <laughs> what are you oh my saying? god! Yeah, are you actually going to turn to me and say that my father is legit more your father than mine? Wow! You know, like, what kind of um, what kind of you know, what kind of entitlement and what kind of sickness do you have to have in your head to go up to someone to a child who just lost a parent and delegitimize that relationship to make yourself in honor of your own sent statement of worth 
I have mm. more right to sit shiva than you. I mean, I, God forbid. God forbid. Right. Someone loses someone, you do that. So within days, this was my life. Within days of my father's death, it was very clear that we were, we were disregarded and seen as nothing. Um, wow. And we were, we were treated terribly. Like from that moment on, from everything from we have the right to steal from him, from we have the right to earn a living. I mean, if you see videos from the kever right now from the grave in Israel, there are people who are setting up tables to sell their stolen intellectual property of my father. And they put mm. flyers sometimes up on the grave as though it's a billboard to wow. sell their illegal books because they mm. believe that my father was there for them to earn money. Mm. And it's an incredible thing. I don't know if it happens to any human being as much as it happens to my father. You know, my father had no right to his own food. These people would take the food off his plate. They, so when you say, is it because I sing? The fact that I sing and the fact that mm. I talk out makes me extra annoying. Mm. But the fact mm. that I was born, the fact that I, that I had his attention, the fact that I was his real child as opposed to them, wow. right? So when I'm around... They're, they're, they don't like when I'm around. So from a very young age, um, I was rejected from a whole lot of, of these kinds of scenes. Um, and I accepted it, and I apologized for my strength over and over and over again, wanting to somehow fit, wanting to not be thrown away, wanting to be a part of. Um, and I had to grow out of that. And I'm so grateful that today at the Yort site that I'm, I am past it, for sure. I'm just noticing. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a funny, painful day to remember. Um, and I think I would have liked very much, not to be with them, but I would have loved the luxury of remembering my father publicly with love in the way that I mm. used to. That would have been really sweet for me. Yeah. Is there, um, like, how, I guess, how would you like to... Um, would you like to honor your father in any way right now? Like, what do you think would feel the best for you? Maybe just talking. This just is awesome. We, you know, just, I yeah, woke yeah. up this morning. I, <laughs> I took care of my children. I drove them to school. I, yeah. My um, my little boys had a like a parents meet and brunch and coffee. And, you know, I, it was one of the first times that I've, you know, at a distance, obviously, but outside, had the opportunity to meet and see people that I care for. I haven't seen in a long time. And that was yeah. this morning. And then I came home and I did some work and I'm going to have Shabbos with my family. Yeah. Um, and all of that, in my opinion, brings honor to my father. Mm -hmm. The fact that yeah. I, my priorities are the right ones, that my children are everything for me, that I have a beautiful marriage, a beautiful, healthy partnership with my husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That we're living with integrity, that we're here for others, that we love God, that we daven. That's, I don't, I don't think my father, I don't ever want to put words in his mouth in general about me or about anything else, but I would hope that when he looks at me from his space, please God, in a, in a glorious space, that he's proud of the person mm -hmm. that I am. So we're doing yeah. it. And I'm talking to you, <laughs> who I love, oh. my artist sister. So we're, we're doing good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I never really thought about it exactly in that way of how it must have been for, so one thing that, you know, um, me and my husband speak about a lot is kind of 
the desire to make gurus in general, you know, that people want to have this type of guru. People want to have this like perfect person, you know, who is their light, is their, um, so of course we see that across the, you know, if we're talking about the Jewish world, of course it's in the non-Jewish world, but in the Jewish world, you know, there's people that are, everyone, you know, they're holding people up. This is my guru. This is my guru, even if they don't use those words. But I do think it is particularly interesting to think about, um, your father who kind of went even farther where he really wanted people to really feel a certain comfort, you know? So he wasn't creating the same type of like hierarchy of like, I'm up here and you're there. Like he really wanted a certain, you know, family feel, you know? Um, I think you you could tell me, you obviously know a lot more about, you know, I don't know about his desire and his intent. <laughs> <laughs> But it is interesting for me to think about then for his, you know, his real biological family, you know, to have that type of rivalry, you know, that other people are creating where it's like, well, I'm his family, you know, because, you know, and you're like. Crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> Would anyone ever what, walk into uh, your house and tell your children that they were worthless? because they knew you right. in high school. I mean, yeah. think about the, the craziness, the sickness, the, the psychological madness that has to mm. be upon a human being to actually do that to a child. Yeah. Who does that? Sick yeah. people do that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's crazy stuff. What, um, what really comes to mind um, of times in which your father's like life really inspired you, like any moments in particular that really stand out for you? I, I So I'm going to preface it by saying that I acknowledge when I speak about him that he was not a perfect person and no one is and that he made a lot of mistakes. And I, I don't do, I can't begin to apologize or make excuses or it's just a given truth when someone is no longer here. So when I tell you things that I love about my father, I don't want it to be unsaid that I see that he was flawed and that he made mistakes as well. Um, and one sure. of the things, one of the, one of the pieces of his life that so has spoken to me always is, um, and I say this, I know that you have a deep connection that when he was in Lubavitch, in Chabad, and he and Zalman Schechter were the first to, you know, the first shlichim they were called. My father, mm -hmm. my father called it inreach. They called it outreach. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, however, the there's all these, obviously I wasn't even alive then, but there are all these stories about how the whole thing developed, you know, that you're going out to find people, lift them, hold them, teach them. Um, and my father was going out and there's all these great stories. And then he comes back and he, he has learned now about the world, right? He's, mm. He is in his thirties. He's never had a relationship. Mm. He's, um, he's been very buried in Torah and in what he thinks he has to be. And also mm -hmm. in deep mourning for the Holocaust and for the world mm. that he lost and the, the world he escaped from and the trauma. And then he goes out into the world and he's in, universities and colleges and he's talking to people about coming back to God and trying to give people something of value and of worth and he's seeing a different kind of population than any other thing he's ever seen before 
because he's mm-hmm. only sort of been with Hasidim. You know, he's been with Orthodox mm-hmm. Jews who all think and act in a very specific, certain way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here he is seeing people who are not Jewish. He's seeing people who are Jewish and don't know they're Jewish. He's seeing people who are Jewish who don't want to be Jewish. Right? He's seeing all of mm-hmm. these people, and then he's seeing people relate to each other in ways that have nothing to do with their Judaism. So all of this is a shock to him. And then he starts to realize that, that the Rebbe's way, that the way that he is, he is going out, you know, women on the right, men on the left, do it like this, don't mm. do it like, you know, he gives mm. them all the rules. That was the, the beginning. The Rebbe said that he had to come in and say, okay, first of all, everyone put on your shoes. <laughs> Make sure you're wearing a shirt. You know, like these are all rules. Men here, women there, women don't say anything. You know, it was like pretty stark. And yeah, my father said he would turn around and maybe one schlepper was left. Because right, right, they didn't right. want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And he went to the Rebbe and he said, it's not working. We're not going to, it's not going to work this way. I have to do it a different way. And the Rebbe said, you should be Matzliach and not in my name. Goodbye. And he kicked him out. What? Hmm? Are you serious? Um, okay. He said, he said to my father, okay, that's great. Go do it. Bye. <laughs> like just giving him permission. Just do No, not thing. permission. You oh, like want to do not... something in a different way, not in you're my not... name. So good luck. Bye-bye. Wow. And he, like, and that was my father's, the last time my father saw the Rebbe, he kicked him, he kicked him out, like, physically. But it was like, it was clear that my father's time in Lubavitch was ending. Mm. And there are a lot of different rumors and stories. And yeah. everyone talks about why Shlomo was separated from Chabad. Mm. And, you know, the story that I just told you is what my father told me. So I'm just going to. You know, I, yeah. I don't need to argue. If, if anyone starts mm-hmm. to argue with you about my version, I, I'm not really, I apologize. <laughs> this is the version he told me, so I'm just holding it. That's it. Good. So here's my father. He always had a Rebbe. He always had his space. He always had his, his guru, right? The one that you go to for answers. He always knew where he was. And he was just told to go. And he said he didn't know what to do. Where do you, where do I go? So he rode the subway for hours. He was on the subway and just went around and around and he didn't know what time it was. He didn't know what, if it was day or night, he just didn't know where to go. And he was davening and he was praying to God, show me, show me my path. And when he walked out of the subway, there was a homeless woman playing guitar in the subway on the platform. And he listened to her for a while and he said, how can I learn to play guitar? And she said, well, you only have to know three chords. And his whole Mm -hmm. life, he only said, I only know three chords. Maybe he knew three and a half. Uh Taught him the three chords. Oh, are you serious? This is the time he started learning guitar? Yeah. Whoa. And he bought himself a guitar. And I think a month later, he was on stage with Bob Dylan. And (laughs) he was like... Oh my God. So he, he bought a guitar and then he's de- he decided I'm going to do something else. And he, that was the beginning of his career. And then he was discovered. I mean, there's all these amazing stories about him, but um, what kind of courage that moment must've taken. I think about that particular moment a lot in my life, because mm. we've all had our moments of, of utter transformation where you, there's a roadblock and you are suddenly doing a 180 or even a three, you know, like you just, you're, totally going in a different direction. You think you're going right and suddenly you're fast running left in another direction. And what did that feel like for him? 
And at that point, he could have fallen apart. He could have said, I'm not going to do something different. Just take me back. He could have done, you know, a million things. And he chose to pray about it and to listen to his heart and to bring people something meaningful in a way that he thought they could receive. And I have utter respect for that. You know, to be all alone in the world and make that kind of move and to feel so alone that you don't even have a place to go to. And he, um, that was his big, he, he described that to me when I was 19. I had the privilege of traveling with him for 10 months and he shared a lot with me. And he, he described that moment as being the turning point of his life. And at the time he was still alive and I had the opportunity to tell him, I told him I was really proud of him. That took yeah. a lot of courage. And he was, yeah. he was a broken human, but he was very brave. And wow. for me, that, that inspiration follows me. And my children know that story. I mean, my children know a lot of stories, but it, I really, I pray that we can be brave when we are called upon to be brave. When we have our moments of transformation, don't run away from them. Don't back away from them. Don't pretend they're not really. It hurts. Those moments hurt. Those moments cost us. It's frightening. And if you push forward, you're going to find the light, but you need to keep going forward. And he was a person that did that. And uh, that moment was, it stays with me. Wow. That's such a, I want to say, first of all, that's such a powerful story. Um, I also want to say, there's a lot of different directions I want to go with this, but one thing I want to say first is that I really admire you. holding so many different things, like holding all the stuff of, you know, the followers, your father, you know, the, the issues, the abuse, the, all the stuff you encountered, but then also and holding your own stories that might not be seen as valid. Like how, how, you know, that's a heavy, that's a heavy burden, you know, to, to carry that of like the truth that, you know, and that you saw that other people will reject or argue against. That's a lot. And then that you also hold your own life, that it's very clear that you see the important thing is building your own life, building your own, you know, like you're holding all these different things, but building your own future, your own family, your own, you know, health and um, spiritual life. So I really admire that that's a lot of you know a lot of stuff can I say something though I don't I appreciate that very much yeah yeah you know it's amazing when you say carrying a lot you know it's like the pekalach that we are holding you know it's like the suitcases of stuff that weigh us down Mm -hmm. when I wasn't telling myself the whole truth Mm. I was very burdened carrying Mm. this where I'm carrying Mm -hmm. all of it there's no burden at all Mm. because I'm not leaving anything out I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not choosing to only see what's on right. this side of me and not on that side. Once I'm able to see it all, it's like breathing. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. constriction in my chest. There's no, there's no pain because I yeah. love my father more than anything. And I'm mad at him. And mm-hmm. I can say that in the same breath and both are true. And mm-hmm. the truth really does set us free. Mm-hmm. It's the people that don't. Yeah that don't know how to hold all the sides of things. We're not either happy 
or miserable. No, we are all of those, <laughs> especially these days. Yeah. I mean, we, we are everything at the same time. Yeah. My favorite prayer that I, I always talk about this, my favorite prayer is Havdalah, mm. right? From when Shabbat goes back into the week that it says, you know, Ben Orlechoshech, Ben Yisrael Amin, Ben Yom. It's like from the moment of in-between, we are celebrating that we are both in Shabbat and in the week. We're celebrating Ben Or Lachoshech. We're in between the light and the dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're holding. And that prayer is meant to give us guidance in those moments where it's, it's all of everything. And mm-hmm, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that more than anything because it's always Shabbat. And it's always not. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm, always awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's always hard. And I think the sooner we all give ourselves the credit for our own courage and know that we're not going to die if we see it all. Yeah. There's no <laughs> burden at all. There really isn't. Yeah. It, it's just easy. Yeah. It's easier this way. Being this it way is, is so much easier than being the old me who was, mm-hmm. you know, very one-sided. And I, I couldn't keep up with my own, with the lies that I told myself to cover the truth from my own consciousness because I couldn't stand it. Now this is so much better. <laughs> oh my so god! Much I I hear you. And that that quote. Are you are, are you watching Ted Lasso at all? No, I should. Oh, okay. I don't watch anything. <laughs> the, I'm a mom. I'm a working mom. I don't do anything. <laughs> so Ted Lasso is good. It um, it, if you do choose to, and it's and it's anyways, <laughs> not going to be advertising that. But um, but in it, he actually does. There's the glorious glorious Dynam quote um is referenced. You know, um, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. And, um, it's actually, I was actually just recently referencing that. So, um, I think it's so interesting, this idea of the blinders that we put on ourselves. Um, one recent thing that happened was I was, you know, I just committed, okay, I'm going to send out my newsletter every week, right? I'm going to send out a newsletter about my, what I'm doing artistically or my life thoughts or whatever. So I did it the first week, went great. Second week went great third week I hit and I'm like, what am I going to say? I don't know. You know? And so That's me every time, I, by the way, <laughs> but it was this weird thing where I shared this piece, this recent piece. I'd, I'd actually done it months ago, but it was up in gallery. I shared it and I wrote, I wrote on it. My brain was in this weird fog where I was feeling happy, but very disconnected from like my thoughts. And, and my, um, and I wrote something like, Sorry, my kid is screaming. Can I tell me other. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I was saying that. Um. Right. So I shared this piece, and I wrote. Um. I don't know why I haven't shared any of my recent pieces, and that I've been working on. And then I just was like, I wrote a few more sentences. That was it. And then I I press send. And then afterwards, I'm reflecting, and I'm like. Like what was going on that I that I couldn't think of anything to say? It was very unusual. I was in this very unusual state of mind, mm-hmm. and and then I was thinking, oh my god, like I'm totally avoiding. I have I have so much to say that I'm avoiding talking about, you know, wow. um, with this piece, you know, because I totally like surpassed like the fact that I started to work, I started to work on body work again. I'm on the on the form on the human form on like, you know, figure drawing. So seeing 
um, figure. It's like more abstracted, so it's not like realistic, like nude, but it's, it's, you know, it's the human body. It was my first love when I first started creating. And then when I became more um, in the Orthodox community, I stopped doing it. And now I've returned to it. And it's something that I've really avoided sharing because I, because I know it's going to be like, oh, you know, you're, you're doing this, you know, um, this work that's not really, we don't find really appropriate, you know, or, and then I realized also, um, so this podcast will probably go out after I send out the next newsletter, but, um, that I'd also was avoiding talking about how our life is changing and like how, you know, I kept, I was Shomer Shabbos for 30 years and now our situation, it just doesn't work out and we have to, we're driving on Shabbos now and it's something that is difficult for me to talk about because it kind of, there's a lot of shame that comes up with that of like, you know, what will people think and, you know, the judgments and stuff like that. And so it's like, I was like, oh my God, I have so much I want to say that I'm avoiding talking about, you know? And um, so I wrote up this whole thing that I'm going to, you know, send out because I completely agree with you that you need, when you take this, like, so those were the types of blinders that I had on of like, don't, don't like, just don't be honest. Don't, don't say too much, you know, about who you are and what you feel. Um, and, and it is really interesting, you know, that I do, and I do sense that more, like, I think within, within the Orthodox world, there is a certain sense of, you know, obviously all communities are different, but a certain sense of like not looking at certain things, not wanting to address certain things. And not, you know, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes in that category. Yeah. Yeah. And I think particularly with Cole Isha, um, you know, that was something I'm not a singer, you know, I, no one has ever praised me on my voice, but, but there was a certain point when I really had to think about, because of this other woman who was Risha Groner was talking about it. She was talking about how hard it was for her to, you know, just be at these tables and this type of weird dynamic where the men are singing, the women are talking about their hair, you know, and, and, um, and I had to really think about it and be like, wait a minute, this isn't empowering, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so I think, I think that is really interesting. And I, and I love that that is how you're living your life in a way of just being, just being really honest about yourself and how you see things. Thank you. I I want you to get there. I want you to get to the point where you don't need to apologize. Mm. I also would hope that you would get to the point where you know that you don't need to share your process in a newsletter. You know that. Sometimes what you have to say is so deep that it's actually not for anyone. But as long as you tell yourself, you know, yes, could you share all of this? Gorgeous. Would we benefit? Mm-hmm. 100%. Do you need to? Totally not. That's like consent. Do I need? For sure. Do I need to hug everyone? Totally not. No, it's <laughs> none of, it's, it's amazing. It, I heard this amazing quote from a friend of mine. What people think of me is none of my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just, that's perfect. I don't even want to know. Yeah. I don't. It's, I want that for you. For sure. I mean, I don't think that I personally, like, I don't, yeah, I feel like my sharing is, is a choice. 
But that's an interesting... But um, it's a choice yeah. when it comes from you and it's easy yeah. and it's sweet. I mean, I want to tell you what to do. I only <laughs> say this as someone who went through so much change and I didn't know how to speak about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I realized I didn't have to. I didn't have to tell mm-hmm. everyone every part of my process. So mm. maybe it's hard to find the words when there's so much to say. But also, maybe yeah. none of my business <laughs> with me, you know, with yeah. the world is, is thinking of my process or not. There's a really beautiful, well, so many mm. beautiful poems out there about yeah. how when the truth comes, it's very quiet. Mm. It's a quiet moment. And when you figure yourself out, sometimes it's just for you, for your mm-hmm. children, for your family. Well, I hope that you, that you find, your, find your words that lift you and unburden you and don't make you feel stressed. Yeah. And I also pray that you, obviously we have to live within a, fr- a certain community framework, but I hope you just, you just live your life. Just enjoy your life. Yeah, and sometimes that no, means, absolutely. But completely, and sometimes it means you don't. Sometimes you walk, sometimes you drive. As long as you get to where you're going, does it actually matter anymore? I don't know. I don't know that it does. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think um, I think I have definitely found a certain joy in the amount of life I'm living that I'm not sharing, you know? Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's it's your own personal, you know, knowledge of the beauty, the beauty that you're experiencing that you're not sharing. Totally. And in that sense, I have to tell you not to come full circle, but... I'm really pleased with how I am thinking about my father and celebrating him today. I don't need a thousand people to be, you know, to be validating me today. Maybe, maybe that was essential at some point for me, although I'm not really sure that that's true. I don't need that today. I'm mm-hmm. curious mm-hmm. about how little mm-hmm. I need it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need it. I just find it, it's all very interesting. It's all very yeah. interesting, but sometimes it's just about you and what's happening. Right. And this moment, this, I mean, even before you, just my beautiful day. It's a great day. Mm. We're alive. The sun is shining and God is with us. I'm so, so lucky. My, my children call me like so many times every day and they share. They do? They do. They share everything with me. I'm really, really lucky. And my son that just called me is going to be 15 next week. And he, he trusts me. It's really, really, um, that's my celebration, my dad, that I have yeah. child that trusts me. And he knows that he comes first. And that's my tikkun for my father. My father couldn't do it for wow. me, but I can, I can do it for his grandson. So, Amazing. so that's good. We're okay. Oh, so beautiful. And um, anything you want to say before we go about, like your music right now what you're working on we don't have to no sure i'm happy to share so i am yeah um i'm in this i I did over 400 zoom events during the pandemic and i am really really proud that i was able to it was incredibly lonely and strange and some like slichot i did five different events in different time zones you know like all these different you know just from one thing to the next one thing to the next yeah It, it literally to not receive the energy from the people, from my band, from the air, it was such a, a very holy and very depleting 
process yeah. every time I had to sing, but I feel very proud oh my that God. I was able to connect, that I was able to find a way to do it. You know, it felt very much beyond me and very much intimidating at first. Um, so I feel very proud of me that I was able to still sing and very grateful that people wanted to connect with me and hear me. And so that was, you know, I'm still sort of processing on a professional level what this meant. And then mm. just now I was, I mean, we had a moment where we thought we were going to be okay. And so I had things mm -hmm. booked and then mm. almost everything was moved to the spring. So I'm not doing any Zoom things. I think people are really Zoomed out. I uh -huh. totally understand. And I think I am too, actually. And people are not necessarily ready to gather. Are they ready? Are we not ready? There's, um, I don't know, people, it's just everyone's in their space and legit everyone is entitled to that space that they're in. So I'm, I am, I have a few things around Hanukkah, but mm -hmm. I am here. I'm just, I'm doing, so what am I doing with my time? And I'm very excited to, to share. Um, and you are the first, like, you know, public place I'm sharing. I am writing my book. Wow. Um, I've been writing every day and I have wow. an editor and I have, an exalted business partner who's like my my real sister helping me and I'm I am writing my memoir every day and please God I'll be able to soon share it with the world wow it was a time of deep reflection and purpose um you see this is my where I'm sitting here this is my office um my best days and I'm not you know this is like your site week so it's a little bit harder but when I can yeah. wake up at 4.30 in the morning because I need the time and I do yoga and Latin dance in this space. I think there's like sort of somehow a correlation between the yoga and the Latin dance. Right. It's <laughs> very important because um, both are essential to my back and in my life. Um, yeah. But the best days are when I wake up really, really early and I can be here on my own while the sun comes up and I can give myself that energy. And then by six, I'm ready to take my children on and breakfast and lunch and talking and sharing and what their dreams were. And, and then I take them to school and then I come home and I'm, I walk a lot. I take breaks to walk. I walk with my husband a lot. Um, and I'm writing and it is, I must tell you the most healing moment I've had yet in my lifetime. Because I'm doing what I have to do and I'm feeling connected. I'm booking things for the months to come. So I feel still connected to my singing. Um, and I'm reflecting on my life and really hoping that, that the words that I, that I express um, will help to heal someone out there who, who doesn't think they have the strength to hold all, the, all their pekelech. Um, wow. so that's what I'm doing and I'm very excited and please God in the spring or a little bit before that, I'll be able to share music and, um, probably no hugs. So you'll forgive me, but <laughs> <laughs> music and smiles, um, and depth and moments of meaning and dancing with people in the world. Cause I really, that's what I was born to do. And, uh, I really miss that. So hopefully can I just ask you, even though that was a really good moment to like, um, can I just ask you what time you go to sleep at when you get up at oh 4.30 so in the morning? I have to go. So by the time my kids are going to sleep by nine, I'm, I'm done. You're I'm done. done. You but I'm nine. pushing myself. Like this is the problem. This is yeah. why I, I'm telling you I had a week where I was doing it every day and I felt so yeah. good. And then the yard site came oh. and I wasn't sleeping well and I was a little stressed okay. and I was sad. And then yeah. I, 
you know, I sleep until six. When I sleep till six, like, no. <laughs> no, but you have to go to bed. You have to be in bed and you have to sleep. Right. Because if you right. don't sleep, then it literally the muscles don't work at 4.30 in the morning. You need to have rest. So rest is number one. Um, and that's why I can say I'm trying not to be down on myself because we all have our, our moments. But I've been choosing to sleep a bit more this week. And please, God, you know, next week will be a more productive 4.30 a.m. week where I can go to sleep and wake wow. up like, ah, you know, ready to do it. Oh my gosh, Nishama, you are truly such an inspiration in all ways. I I just want to say, woo, like your both your like ability to inspire, but your ability as well to be very honest and truthful and just put it out there. You know that is a great great combination. Really blows me away. Um, so yeah, I just want to. Wish you continued strength. You are, yeah, an incredible, really an incredible light for the world. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Who among us hasn't hoped or prayed there would come a day, and that day will make.